Welcome to Chief's Chat, a look at public safety issues and initiatives in the city of Crystal, a fully developed northwest suburb of Minneapolis in Minnesota. We are your hosts, Chief Stephanie Revering and Chief Sarah Larson with the West Metro Fire Rescue District. In our last podcast, we discussed COVID-19 and how public safety had to make a shift in our operations and how we serve our communities. Today, we would like to discuss residential safety and what our community can do to keep themselves and their families safe and secure, especially during this upcoming holiday season. So Chief Larson, what advice can you give our residents with regards to residential safety? Well, the leading cause of house fires in the United States is cooking, with the majority of incidents occurring when food is left unattended. And this is especially problematic when you're frying food. Uh, Keeping a close eye on what you're cooking, staying in the kitchen while you are frying, boiling, grilling, or broiling food is a really good idea. Don't even leave the kitchen for a short period of time. And if you do, turn off the stove or oven. Keep anything that can catch fire, like oven mitts, wooden utensils, food packaging, and towels away from your stovetop. It's just a really good idea not to have combustible items anywhere near where you're cooking. And be on alert. If you're sleepy or have consumed alcohol, do not use the stove or oven. And don't use water to put out a grease fire. It will only make it bigger. Have a fire extinguisher available in your kitchen. Another uh, leading cause of... um, Home fires is heating, especially when you're using uh, little portable space heaters. Keep anything that can burn at least three feet away from them. And don't use extension cords or power strips to power a space heater. Never use your oven to heat your house. It can cause carbon monoxide poisoning. And remember to turn off your portable heaters when you go to sleep or leave the room. Another really good thing to do annually is have your chimney and your furnace clean and inspected by a qualified professional. So Sarah, with regards to fire residential safety, and when we go out to residents and talk to them about what they need to do from a police aspect with regards to safety, a lot of times, like you said, regarding the cooking fires, often we are called to those types of calls as well. And what we notice, besides the cooking issues that we see, we also see for example, locks that aren't on doors properly, that they may not have deadbolts, um, the importance of making sure that houses and apartment complexes have deadbolts to secure their doors and their valuables inside. But when you guys go to, for example, a, a, f- a fire related to a cooking fire, do you ever follow up with folks afterwards to see what they've done differently or do you provide them with information for example on the importance of making sure that they don't do what they just did again yeah we'll provide information on what not to do and we will follow we have an investigator that comes out and investigates every fire and they always follow up with people to see if there's anything that we can do to help them Another thing that's really important that I've noticed and I think can help both of us is really having a visible address from the street. There's so many times that we lose precious time when we're looking to see where it is that we're going. Are we at the right house? So making sure that you have a number that's clearly visible from the street is really important. And if possible, having lights on, right, at the address Mm -hmm. where they're calling. Because exactly, because a lot of times often we are called in the middle of the night, right? Two in the morning, three in the morning, and we're called to scenes where 
we're trying to find the home, like mm -hmm. you said, and either the, they don't have the numbers located on the homes or there's no lights on and you think that that's not the house we're supposed to be at. So I couldn't agree with you more. So, Sarah, we just got done talking a little bit about space heaters and the, the fact of how dangerous those can be. What other appliances or things in the home cause issues for with regards to fires? Another really common fire starter, I would say, is a clothes dryer. A lot of lint builds up in the vent and in the back of the dryer at the bottom of it. So you should, again, annually have a air conditioning and heating contractor come clean out the duct in the back, or even a handyman can do it. And then make sure you always clean out the lint trap of your dryer and make sure that's clear because any of those like little fibers can easily catch fire. I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, having an electric company or the gas company come out to do. I'm, I'm in the process of actually moving, and one of those things that we're going to do is is that service plan, right, that Minigasco offers or Centerpoint Energy offers regarding coming to your home and servicing your furnace mm -hmm. every year and your air conditioner every year and all that. And the importance of making sure, like you said, the lint trap in the dryer, but also changing your filter and your furnace, right, because that can cause a fire. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, so make sure that annually you have all that stuff done is really important. Okay. If you have a fireplace, having someone clean your chimney every year, that's also really important. So from a police perspective, with regards to residential safety, we talked about the deadbolts and the locks and everything else like that. And then the house numbers and the importance of when you call 911, turning on your lights if you can. But also in this holiday, upcoming holiday season, there's a lot of folks ordering, especially during COVID, ordering online, right? Oh, and it gets delivered, doesn't it? it? And ex piles exactly. Up. Piles and piles of gifts or just in general, you know, things that people order and they deliver them on their front step, right? And we get called, I can't tell you how many times during the holiday season about stolen packages. And so what we have recommended to our, our community members in the past is making sure that they have either a drop location for Amazon or UPS or uh, FedEx. For example, there's things out there that you can purchase like lock boxes where where these companies can put the packages inside of the box, either on your front step or in your driveway area or in your back of your house where it's not being seen, obviously, and making sure that you immediately, when you get notification of the delivery of the package, that you actually get it and bring it into your home. Don't forget, obviously, to call 911 if any suspicious activity happens, but also just being vigilant in, in your own uh, whereabouts regarding your packages and things that you deliver, that's important as well. As we've been talking about the holiday season, obviously people put up their Christmas trees, put up tons of lights, and I think what happens even in my own household, I do things that I shouldn't, for example, using tons of extension cords because my husband loves Christmas so much that we have to have tons of lights, right? Tell us about the hindrance and fire hazards with regards to using extension cords. Well, you definitely don't want to use an extension cord in place of permanent wiring. They should only be used for temporary. So using them for Christmas lights, no problem. As long as you use an outside extension cord outside and do not use an indoor, one that's rated for indoor use outside. Extension cords can overheat and cause fires when you overload them or connect appliances that consume more watts than the cord can handle. So then they get hot and they burn. 
A lot of times a, a better idea is to use a power strip with a surge protector, and that would have an on and off switch with a fuse in it. And that's a, that's a better idea because it'll actually trip off and stop the circuit from continuing, which is an extension cord won't do. Make sure that when you are using your extension cords that you don't put them under furniture or carpeting. The extension cord is covered, the heat is unable to escape, and then again, that could cause a fire. Select cords that are rated to handle the wattage of the devices that you're using. And um, the cords gauge includes its size. The smaller the number, the larger the wire, and the more electrical current the cord can safely handle. So what about, like, you know, those furniture items, that the electric furniture that you put your feet on? <laughs> the ones, that, you know, they have, like, couches that are electric and you push the buttons. Uh-huh. Like a recliner, uh-huh. right? So it's like a recliner, but it's electric. Uh-huh. So those have to be plugged in, obviously. Are those okay to be plugged in underneath, like, a... Uh, area rug, for example, that leads to the outlet? It's best to plug it right into the outlet without going under the furniture or rugs. Mm -hmm. It really is. That makes sense. Another thing is don't plug multiple cords together. That also is a problem. It it results in greater heating of the cord and possible damage to the insulation, which can be the source of fires and electrical shock, too. And, oh, multi-plug adapters. Don't take something with six plugs and plug it into the two and then plug six things into it. Not a good idea. You're going to overload the circuit. So should you never use the six plug thing? Like, is that something you just shouldn't do? That is correct. If it's designed for two, leave it at two. This is good for me to know. (laughs) Actually, I'm sure it's good for our listeners to know too because I'm sure multiple people use those six things. Yeah, no, not a good idea. We'll overload the circuit. Um, and if a cord is hot, you want to unplug it right away. I mean, that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I'd like to segue, if we, if we could, just a little bit into, you know, we were talking about the holiday season and uh, packages and stuff like that. And also what happens, unfortunately, during the holidays is some burglaries happen um, with regards to Folks deciding that it's a good time of year to to go into people's homes when they're not home and steal the packages and whatnot. And so I can't stress enough the use of these lovely, and I won't say a brand, but these lovely camera systems that are out there now on your doorbells or the fact that there's these cameras now that they have that you can put both inside and outside of your home, I will tell you that that is a huge deterrent for burglars. Um, We have noticed that the majority of the homes where we get called to that have burglaries that have happened, uh, either they don't have a dog, they don't have a camera system, they don't have an alarm system, and um, unfortunately, these folks who are committing these burglaries will case out the area of the of the home. And so it's really important to be close with your neighbors. So if neighbors see folks kind of lurking around your home to call 911 immediately, we actually last year had a great neighbor who called us uh, immediately when they saw someone at their neighbor's home. We ended up catching this person after they had broken into the home. And so it was, it was great for um, both the homeowner and uh, the neighbor that called 911. That's how important it is to um, have great neighbors and communicate with them. So I have a question about landscaping. Is there landscaping that's better to keep you safe from, like, getting robbed? Yes, great question. There is, actually. So the big thing is to make sure you don't have overgrown bushes, right? Or many times 
in front of your home, people have some type of bush, right? Or, or plant mm-hmm. or shrub. Exactly. And the biggest thing to remember about that is not to let it overgrow. Don't let it come up over your windows so that you can't see outside or people can't see inside. Don't let it cover your doorway or your front door or your step so people can't see. The biggest thing is that you want a presence in your home so people can both see inside and outside and lighting, right? To have proper lighting on your home when you're not home, when you are home, and that deters a lot of burglars. Great question. The other piece inside of homes, especially during this time of year because of winter, is making sure that your smoke alarms and your carbon monoxide alarms are working properly. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you want to have working smoke detectors on every level of your home, in the hallway, outside your bedroom, and one in every bedroom. You also want to sleep with your doors closed. If there's a fire that starts in the kitchen, having that separation between you and the fire overnight is very, very helpful. There's a difference between clean total smoke damage and fire damage to a room and not having any damage at all by leaving the door closed. But like I said, on every level of your home, in the hallway outside your bedrooms, and one in your bedroom. And then as far as carbon monoxide detectors go, you want to have one of those on every level of your home and away from sources of carbon monoxide because there's always a little bit of carbon monoxide everywhere, but you want to have them near your bedrooms, in your living areas. And I think you want to replace carbon monoxide detectors every seven years and uh, smoke detectors at least every 10 years. And you want to change the batteries on your smoke detectors when you change your clocks. Oh, so so twice a year. Yeah, twice a year. Unless you buy one that has a lifetime battery, you want to change them twice a year. And it's just a good time to remember is when you change your clocks, just change that too. So we've, you know, I'm sure you and I have both been called. I know I have a few different times throughout my career to calls for service where uh, folks, either their carbon monoxide alarms are going off or they've had symptoms. What are symptoms of folks who are going through uh, carbon monoxide issues. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a headache, you get really sleepy. You know what I mean? Those are the real big ones. Um, and if you get a carbon monoxide detector that has an LED readout on it, that's very, very helpful because you can say, oh, we have 40 parts per million in our house right now. It can tell you whether it's an emergency or whether it just requires a phone call to your gas company to have someone come out and check. You know what I mean? So, I mean, either way, you can call 911 and someone will come out and look for you, but it no, it will tell you whether you need to evacuate immediately if you have that LED readout. And what is it that you, when the fire department gets called to a carbon monoxide alarm, what is it that you guys do when you get there? Uh, we come in and we monitor for carbon monoxide, and if there is a significant amount Well, actually, if there's any amount at all that's outside of normal, we'll contact the gas company and have them come out and uh, check to make sure to see what's going on. And they'll either fix the problem right then or they'll have a service company come out and fix it or let you know what you need to do to fix the problem. Great. So that is all uh, Fire Chief Larson and I have for you today. Please make sure that you call 911 when anything suspicious happens around your home, when you have any fire or carbon monoxide issues, or just reach out to Fire Chief Larson or I if you have questions regarding anything on our podcast today. 
I want to thank you for listening to Chiefs Cast. Episodes are released quarterly and are posted on the City of Crystal's website and via social media. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and other podcast applications. If you have an idea for an episode, feedback, or want to get in touch, you can connect with us at stephanie.reverend at crystalmn.gov. Until next time, take care.